Sarah, thank you for joining me on the Social Buzz podcast. Firstly, and the most important thing, how are you keeping? I'm really, really well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. And it's quite exciting to be, um, to be doing this. So thank you for asking me to get involved. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You know, um, I thought you would probably be one of the best people to bring on, considering how things are at the moment in the current climate. So just before we go, kind of start going into all the questions and kind of picking your brains on strategies and ways we can move forward, could you just give the viewers and listeners a bit of a background about yourself and, you know, how, um, how you kind of got involved in the food sector? Sure. Okay. So I'm Sarah Ali Chowdhury and I've been... Um, born into the food industry. Uh, when I was growing up, my parents had a restaurant, so I was the youngest Asian female to run an Indian restaurant for many years. Um, and that was when I was 19 and recognized as, um, as one of the first Asian female to be running an Indian restaurant. And then um, I got married, had children, and sort of went away from, from the restaurant life. But three years ago, I, I decided to come back. Um, and I don't, have a restaurant myself but my um as in my own restaurant my husband's got a few restaurants so i help him with that and also my my parents still have the same restaurant that i used to run so i'm very much involved in that way but one of the things that i decided to do uh, to get involved with food was to sort of highlight some of the issues that probably need addressing um a lot of things uh, have changed or should have changed from years ago and haven't and so i suppose that's uh, one of the reasons why i came back um, I've also done a few things uh, it, with food programs. I've done some stuff with Channel 4, with BBC, and, um, and really just um, uh, getting more and more involved with food. So I also do writing articles, um, recipes, and making a global impact, I would say. Fabulous. So look, at the, we're all in the same boat at the moment. The hospitality sector has been hit the absolute hardest I personally felt they got thrown under the bus by the government um, when they said, don't go to pubs and restaurants and bars, but you can still, well, uh, they didn't tell them to shop, but they said to people, don't go in, which kind of threw mm -hmm. them totally under the bus. Yeah, um, I, think, I think they acted quite, um, well, it was very unpredictable what was going on in the current situation, but I suppose, uh, I think it would be fair to say in, you know, um, in respect of the government i think they just were trying to do the best they, that they could at the time um, and some of the decisions that were made have had a really 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 you know terrible effect on on the businesses and the hospitality industry now one of the questions i really wanted to ask you was what are some of the strategies and activities food and drink businesses can undertake in the current climate to help them carry on growing or sustain where they are rather because you hear so many that are just going either going bust don't know what to do so what what do you feel that they can do in the current climate well um i think this is uh when we go on into this sort of crisis issue that we're facing i think one of the things that we could look at is how we can improve ourselves given the situation a lot of restaurants um have completely closed and some of them have have decided to um, sort of close unless it was like a weekend when it's a busier period. Um, and so, so, so what I think we're finding now is that um, there's a lot of people that are home thinking we'll wait until the weekend when it's going to be really busy and then we'll open the restaurant. 
Um, but I would say that during this time, and this is I think things that I'm doing as well, um, is I would say this is a perfect opportunity for people to find their weaknesses in business. So if they've got a, a restaurant or a takeaway or whatever it is that they're doing, there'll be certain areas that they'll be lacking in because nine, 99% of the time restaurant owners put their everything into being in the restaurant and they're so time consuming. It takes up so many hours of their day. They, if they've got children or if it's a family business, for example, they're normally picking up their children or dealing with their children, dealing with a family home and then dealing with their business as well. And so what, they lack is the ability to do other things that we would we are now having to face uh, um and and go to which is like social media the online stuff and this i mean we're having this we would not have been speaking if it wasn't for the opportunity of of this so this is a time when i would say this is perfect for people to really get to grips with things that could improve their business so uh, social media people who don't understand about um, Facebook, uh, Facebook ads, uh, promoting their business while they're offline, maybe find things that they could do um, to get themselves a bit more technically updated. So um, if they have a website for their restaurant, perhaps they could find things that they've done over the past few months uh, to sort of highlight and keep their restaurant at the forefront of their customers' minds. So for for example, um, you know, maybe get testimonials from custom, from customers if they've had really great feedback about something or if they're planning to do something in the future, if they're thinking about, about getting involved in a, a cook, you know, some sort of food festival or doing a cookery demonstration. This is a time to be talking about those things to just keep the restaurant at the forefront of their customers' minds. Start getting used to doing emailing, talk about what they're planning to change. People will find that with the restaurant, what's going to happen is that um, where they've spent so many years sort of being open all the way through seven days a week for long hours and people are having to cut down now, um, they'll find that actually we've been able to achieve the same sort of money with a lot less hassle in a very short space of time. And going forward, I think that would be a really, really good impact for any restaurant owner to give themselves more time just for themselves and their families um, to sort of say, well, actually, during the um, coronavirus a period of time when we had to close the, the restaurants and change into a takeaway, we were still able to, to um, accumulate this much money or to be able to, to extend our... Um, I don't know, our periods of being at home with our families and stuff. Is, is it important to be open such long hours if we can sort of um, narrow it down into a smaller area of time? Um, just so that people can, it doesn't mean that they're not necessarily working, but there could be another way for us all um, to use online strategies to further ourselves. I think um, one, look, we work in this sector from a marketing point of view with many brands and what we feel is the brands that will win are the, the ones that actually built a brand and yeah. restaurants, food, drink brands that just built a business on price lab that were just either dropping price offers all the time just to drive people through the door or purchases online have got yeah. no loyalty from anybody because you're only going there because it's got a deal on, or it's on Uber Eats, or it's on Deliveroo, or you've seen it in the supermarkets and it's just there because it's got a deal. Anybody that's built a brand will win because you've still got the brand loyalty and people will come back to you. Now, I'm kind of 
one of the interesting things when I was putting this together was, and I looked up, obviously there's doom and gloom, right? So there's doom and gloom across the board. People think, oh God, everything's going to get closed. It's, it's going to be empty. Nothing's going to reopen again. But I feel that there will be opportunities for food and drink brands going forward. Now, from your point of view, where do you think these, these opportunities will arise? Will it arise in more where, for example, you'll be able to get better deals on rent and rates? Do you see a lot of these mainstream brands closing and then there being a vacuum and opportunity to move in into different cuisines? Where do you see the opportunities arising because of COVID-19 once it's over? Well, if we look at the whole structure of the hospitality industry um, and what situation they've been in, and everybody in that has been in it together. So they've all been uh, the ones who have been told, well, you can stay open, um, but nobody should go there. Um, so they've all had to take that themselves and, and deal with that situation as, as a, almost like a family network of hospitality industry people. Now, I think moving forward, one of the things that will probably change is going to be funding towards um, uh, towards those industries. And I also think that um, one of the other thing will be the, like I said about the opening and, and, and times of restaurants, I think that will change dramatically. Um, I think part-time staff will be something, there will be more job opportunities. Uh, where part-time staff are concerned rather than full-time staff because I think people will probably end up changing their hours. I'm saying this from experience from my very, very close family and what I've heard from them um, who said like, why are we doing this? You know, why do we normally sort of open on these hours and we're employing full-time staff and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we could have, they could have given jobs to more people, more part-time staff. We, they could have done things like that. So I think, that could possibly change moving forward. I mean, this is just a, a, a so we're at guessing stage because we don't know what's going to happen moving forward from here. But I think um, in terms of opportunities opening up, I wouldn't sit there and wait for any opportunities to fall into your lap. I think one of the most important thing is to grab the opportunity yourself and create something for yourself. So there are lots of people who um, like uh, we were saying about restaurant owners who who have closed their restaurant and who aren't, uh, maybe they could be looking at, at doing things like um, if they can find out the, the most loved dish from their menu and maybe doing cookery videos and showing people how they can do that themselves and achieve something similar. What people will come out from uh, at the end of this uh, COVID-19 situation is that people will find themselves having learned so many skills i figured out how to use zoom in the last few days okay. uh, you know and I, so you know and then and then you'll find that people are learning you know i've had people who say god i've always wanted to cook something from scratch and i get feedback i get photos i get you know input from people who've tried my online recipes or they're watching me do a live cookery thing and they cook along with me um, or they do, you know, they will be doing more things where it's digit, digitally encouraged. So like we're doing this podcast that you're doing, I think this will, this, this is an opportunity for people like yourself to really take over and go to the next level because people are at home, people are listening and people want to learn. And there are loads of uh, things that people can take, um, uh, take into their own hands in terms of learning with with online platforms because they've all been opened up and free suddenly because of the situation so people are encouraging learning 
right now and um and i think that's where we can take this yeah and i i agree so you've got the digital side which i think um will bring huge opportunity rather than just posting this is what we've got on offer this is what we're cooking master classes online will be huge i think i think brands and restaurants and food drink going into the community will be huge as well again that brand going from just rather than being a restaurant how does it move forward and go within to the community you've seen that already a lot of brands we're working with and you've seen it as well from within your own area that are that are short but are supplying the NHS that are supplying other public services and going further and showing that you know what we do care about the community we are here for the community and i think that's how that mindset has changed you know and it's changed and it and it and and i see them brands winning that's what i see i see them brands going further and it's just about the mindset well, as well well you have there is a thing with building a restaurant and there is a thing with building your your brand as a person and an individual um and if you don't have a a restaurant like myself for example then you have to create yourself into a brand um and that's the only way that you can move forward because otherwise you're just what are you 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 there isn't anything there you don't have a product or you don't have a um, anything so those people who have a restaurant they have they have something there that they can use to base themselves and build a brand around themselves um, I know some of my friends personally who have their own restaurants and are doing uh, live videos on their cooking or their favorite recipes or the, what the customers really like uh, something that's quite unique and so I think for themselves they're building an opportunity for after to hold real um real master classes you know real cookery courses in in person so because they have a space um available and you know they have a restaurant space they could do that so this will open up um thought process for people worked online they also work you know um in in reality so if it's if it works online for us then in the future people say well actually i quite enjoyed watching their cooking online but i'd really like to go and learn with them in person as so they'd be cooking you know starting up um sort of masterclass works um and using the space that they have uh, to create something that would be um activities and interest uh, to gain more custom yeah no definitely and i think um, some great points you've raised there just going back to my original point, which I want to slightly touch on more is, do you see businesses who build their brand winning more over businesses who solely just focused on offers? Well, um, what happens is uh, you find the big, bigger brands uh, tend, tend to do the offers and things like that. And some of the smaller, smaller places, they will do sort of, oh, we've got a special offer on, on this or that to, to try and make people come back and the loyalty aspect um but when you create a brand of your own and you're you're constantly working on it you're constantly looking at what not just a, a sort of um a sort of cheap whim like yeah let's just do this and get as many people and it's it's almost like a cheap fad that's just a passing by uh, thing rather than people who are building their brands up they're taking it to another level and whatever happens whether the situation of COVID-19 affects their restaurant or not, what it does for them is it creates them as a brand. So even after COVID-19, even if, because we're very unsure of where the restaurant situation is going and we don't know what will happen. We don't know if we're going to be here for three months, six months, and what if it goes even worse and we're here for even longer? 
nobody can say until that time comes we would hope that we can come out of this situation sooner but if it doesn't then um what those people can do is build themselves up as a brand uh, which is always like well with a restaurant you can sell it you can sell the name the reputation and, and everything else that goes with it and take it over somebody will buy it from you um but if you build yourself as a brand you can then do anything you know and especially within if you're in a in the food industry and you can take it to any uh, direction you like within food and you know even going into other things so you can write books about you know your recipes or you can do um you know and, and that's actually an angle that i've just recently done i just published my own book in the last three weeks which was something i've been trying to do for years and in the last two weeks i've managed to get it done and that's my first ever one. So it was, and it's all about how to win awards, something that I think is quite important for building your brand as well, um, which gets you recognised on different platforms and can take you to a to a global um, scale. So I think where you asking about building up yourself as a brand, I think it's extremely important to build yourself up as a brand even if you do have a restaurant and i know that people sort of build up the restaurant and we give the restaurant a name and the restaurant stands as that's the restaurant and that's the brand but if you own the restaurant then you should be branding yourself um, as well and, and recognizing yourself as the leader here because then once you sell the restaurant off you've also sold everything that you've worked for whereas if you were creating yourself as a brand as well then once you sell the restaurant you're still yourself and you're still a brand and you can still go and do other things in the same field you know, yeah, personal branding is very important more than ever now with the social media because um, it's one, it's easier to do and more people are understanding the benefits of it. Whereas years ago, you probably had a handful that really yeah. kind of understood it. But now it's a very valid point. Now, do you think there'll be a change in the way consumers interact with restaurants once? Um, because people are just eventually, when, let's say this ends mid-May. People have technically been in lockdown for six to eight weeks. So they are accustomed to staying in. A lot of restaurants and a lot of brands that were not doing deliveries are now doing deliveries to either stay afloat or to serve their customers, either via Uber, Deliveroo, Just Eat, or internally having um, delivery drivers. Do you see that trend staying uh, in a sense that people think, you know what, I like staying in, or we went out a lot or we we went out twice a week now we're gonna go we're gonna stay in one day a week and maybe watch cook something and watch netflix and do you see that kind of yeah i think shit? what will happen is um <laughs> again we're just guessing but um i think what what will happen is that there will be after this lockdown is is lifted i think everybody's going to go completely crazy about eating out for a time and i think they'll be busy than ever because people are just like my god i'm sick of eating my own food you know and they're just going to want to go out and just eat as much as they can i think so i think my personal experience of understanding what's going on here is i think you know telling from the characteristics of people especially if they're not that familiar with cooking especially if they're like well actually i've spent most of my life working i haven't been able to get to grips cooking from a young age and now I'm stuck at home and I have to cook and I'm and they're learning because um for myself I mean I'm, I've been in the food industry for years my mum's a wonderful cook my my family uh, you know we come from a family who are all you know I'm not just blowing my own trumpet but I've learned from I feel like I've learned from the best so um being at home and cooking my husband's loving it 
you know, and my children are loving it because I'm here all the time and they're just eating really great food. But I'm, I've got this expertise behind me because I'm in that food industry and because, uh, you know, I have a passion for it and, and I come from a family of, who cook great food. I mean, this is what, what we, I mean, I'm lucky, but the, the some of the people um, who I've spoken to, they're not, you know, they're not, they've never had a passion for cooking. Uh, they've never had time to cook. They're really, really busy people. They're working all the time. They're in very, you know, high profile jobs. And then I'm um, having them phone me up and say, you know, can you help me? Like, how can I cook this? Or, you know, what's the best way to do this? And you find like, yeah, they're learning, uh, but they, they're not, you know, they're not, um, it's something like they're, they're having to learn overnight, you know, um, not, not being able to have sort of accumulated this skill over, over years of, of learning or years of following or, or, or having a passion for it. So I think initially what will probably happen is people will just be like, God, thank God that lockdown's lifted now and we can go out. And then I think gradually people will then start to slow down and then they will say, well, actually I can cook and I, I could do it when I needed to do it. And also they'll find they're saving a lot of money, right? A lot of money. When you calculate the amount of money that people do spend on going out all the time, they're going to be saying, well, I feed, you know, fed my whole family for, for a good, you know, one month on that. Budget. One year. Yeah. Yeah. On what I've, on what I'm, I'm spending in a week going out and eating and that will come into it a lot. You know, the other things that we're doing is, is, is with the car, for example, you know, with my own car, I recently, I had a, you know, a three liter um, Audi um, and uh, you know, great family. Car. Three liter Audi. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was killing me. You know, it was, it was literally killing me on the diesel. And then I've recently changed it and I still got a seven seater car, but it's an economical one. Mm. So where I was yeah. paying like 570 pound for road tax, I'm now spending 30 pound a year for road tax. And these are the changes that people want to make in their life because they want to spend money on things that is feel good factor, things like holidays with your family or, you know, or just having money there just for the hell of it, you know, so I could go out and buy something. But when you've got cars and things like that, or, or you go out and you eat a lot, you're draining yourself when you won't realize until I actually went into a coat that I've been wearing for the last, you know, for the, through the winter that I've got hung up in my wardrobe. And um, I didn't go into the pockets for any particular reason until the other day I went to look for something and I pulled out a, a, like a wad of cash. Well, that would never have been in my pocket for that long ever. And you think, well, I thought, God, I didn't even remember that was there. It was a great feeling. But at the same time, this is what we are going to find. We are going to find some really, really good things from this um, experience that we're, we're having to go through that we are saving money. And I, and as you asked, what do I think will happen? I think immediately after, I think that everybody is going to go completely crazy on eating out for a while and i think then they're going to suddenly feel that god i've just spent you know loads of money and i think people are going to home back in a, a bit and they will probably be a bit more careful about eating out and spending money so like you know thoughtlessly um no offense to any business owners or anything like that but the f food that people eat out they obviously love it or they wouldn't be eating out and hospitality industries wouldn't be um, doing so well if that was the situation but clearly the hospitality industry is is doing as well as it is because they they provide this amazing service of great food um great you know a, a hospitality industries they're they're brilliant 
but um, I think people are going to start to feel like I can cook and they'll, they'll start to learn and they'll start to enjoy it and, and they'll start to do it themselves. Yes. My opinion is slightly different to yours, right? I'll just tell you where, where the mindset I'm coming from. I, I do agree with certain elements of what you're saying. I agree that once the curfew comes off, I'll call it a curfew, everyone's just going to be out because they're all sick of being inside. I think with the, the marketing I'm already seeing from the likes of Uber, Deliveroo, these kind of brands, and how they are trying to entice people into using, because if you, depending on where you live, Uber are already doing 50% off just to get people using that system, using that system. There are a lot of restaurants that were never on Uber or never done delivery are using delivery. And I think it'll be a mix of both. People have discovered an element of cooking or a skill they've discovered or a dish they like to cook, which they'll do. I think deliveries will go through the roof because until the government creates a vaccine, there will be a, still an element of fear that if I go out, will I get this disease? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thirdly, I think... I agree with that. Yeah. You know, because people are thinking that once the vaccine, once the curfew comes off, everything goes back to normal, but the COVID-19 still exists. It takes one person to go into a crowd and we're back to square one again. So yes. that's where I see deliveries filling that vacuum. And thirdly, my original point and what I agree with you is I see that basically once the doors open, people will be like, let's go. It's fine. I just want to get out because yeah. people are so we're, 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 we're a very social. Uh, I think, I mean, I think I, I have to agree with you as well, but, but, um, and the same with the same sort of um, hat on, as you're saying is that um, I do feel a bit like we are changing ourselves with our mindset of, of what we're doing, you know, like all the online meetings that we're having now with most of the people. I mean, we haven't stopped. I, it's not that uh, we're not going out at all. So we've stopped meeting the people we're meeting them online. Um, but it's definitely, it's, it's, I've, I found, I mean, I had this conversation this morning with, with uh, somebody who I'm a colleague with and um we're saying that we're not stopping the things that we're doing. In fact, I'm doing a lot more online than I normally would. But what we're, what we're finding is that when we do the normal meetings, when they're face to face, what you would do is you go into, you know, a room or a hotel or whatever, and then you're meet, waiting for a load of people. You'll have some snacks, some drinks. And I mean, that's one hour gone. You've also had to go there, park your car and everything else to travel. And then the whole perception of getting yourself ready before you go, bringing yourself to the mindset where you need to be before you go for your meeting. Whereas here we're like, you know, it's, it's so much more comfortable in your own space to be able to do it. I mean, obviously we would need to go back to uh, back, go back to reality and have the same sort of things that we normally do. But I do feel a bit like in the last few months, probably the last year, it's become very, very sort of condensed with so many. You can sometimes go, I've had times when I've been from one meeting to the next, to the next, to the next, before you come home. And, and it's the same sort of format everywhere. And you think if you really accumulate the amount of time that you actually got the job done, right, you can narrow it down to probably like in half an hour to an hour. Um, where the actual meeting has gone on for three hours, for example, whereas when we're doing it online, we come down, we're ready to go, and we're doing a Zoom meeting and we've just done it. I mean, I'm the incoming president for the Rotary Club that I'm with, at Pool Bay Rotary Club, 
and um, we had our meeting yesterday with 21 people online wow. and um, funny thing is they're all way ahead of me when it comes to technology and they were telling me what to do so I was like god I felt silly but you know they're they're they really knew what they were doing and there was 21 of us there which would normally be you know in in a hotel having this meeting and we'd normally be there for quite long after and we kind of came down we had our meeting uh within 45 minutes we were done and it was very this is our meeting let's stick to the points let's get it done well it's very difficult to do that uh when you're in a room full of of your friends you know yeah it is it is it is and um you know like i said with tech and people using new platforms like you've mentioned as well i think that trend is changing it's it's about habits isn't it you know once you get used to using yeah. something you think it's a lot easier like you said it can take you now we're getting somewhere and now we're getting back and that can lose time sometimes you do have to have that physical meeting as well somebody like me loves meeting people in person so but I think, I think um, but I also think that what you said as well is 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 very true. Where you know people are going to be worried about you know that it just takes one person, and you know you can go back to square one. And I think that is where I feel I fit in that category where I'm terrified of because I've got four children, and you know um, the two two girls and two boys and the older two they're a bit older, so they can think for themselves. But the younger two, you know, one of them's got asthma and I've got asthma as well. So being in that sort of high risk situation, I am actually, you know, even when it's lifted, I'm going to be really worried about mixing with a whole load of people because it like, you, like, you know, it doesn't, you won't even know. It could be up to two weeks before you even have any symptoms anyway. So, yeah, I think until we get a vaccine, this isn't going anywhere. I think yeah. uh, <laughs> this is basically not going anywhere. And I was reading yesterday on, there's a race to create a vaccine. The earliest you'll get one is 18 months. So if you go from January when it actually starts, because China... And I'm not dying for that either, to be yeah. honest. Because I'm terrified of injection, like literally terrified of injection. So I'm like, mm, I don't even want that because I don't want anything so, like that injected into my body. It's either an injection or a ventilator. So I'll let you pick on that <laughs> one. So um, on, going back, what, what, how do you think the government should support the hospitality sector going forward then? Do you think there should be more support? Do you think they've done enough? Do you think they've been more than enough? Or do you think they should be giving ongoing support, rents, rates? I don't rates? think anybody can ever say that anyone's done more than enough for the hospitality I, industry. I think that, I, I personally think the package they've announced was way more than I thought they would ever do. If you take in the 25 grand for... Yeah, we all like that Rishi Sunak. He's a good guy. Um, and I think that, he's, he's done, an ex-investment he, banker, so he's a, he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's, he's a very good guy. But I think, you know, what they've missed in that whole package is the smaller businesses who don't fit in the category for funding, who don't fit in the category for grant or for, um, you know, for any additional funding. So there is a whole load of people that fall in between who won't get any funding. And so what happens to them? So although the package and Rishi did do a great deal for everybody, he also has missed a big chunk of people that uh, fall in a category who are, who are stuck, whose businesses may have been slightly stuck before this situation, but now they're really going to feel the pinch. Um, the banks, uh, we were told, would um, agree to, you know, doing this without too much hassle. Um, it would be very straightforward, but apparently it hasn't been very straightforward. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. I know a lot of people that have have, have gone in that, and for what I've heard, because yeah. I know a lot of other agencies. Um, initially, they were pushing you away from the government loan scheme and pushing you towards their own products. 
yeah. and when you have asked for their own the government um, I, I don't know the exact name of that loan but the one that government is saying where they take care of the interest for the first year they're very very being very iffy about it and usually from a, somebody that worked in sales years ago that's telling me that the person that has to process like it, or, impact loan, isn't it yeah so the person processing or selling it isn't being rewarded for selling it because it's already sold because somebody's ringing you for it and yeah i think that there's a bit of a internally how they are kind of uh, looking at is what's causing the issue what would i mean i think there's a lot of advice out there for small businesses um who who dedicate their time um to helping the small businesses i mean i'm quite aligned with one uh, called Small Business Saturday, Small Business Britain. And every morning, um, they on every weekday morning, they go on live and they do a live video and they tell all the small businesses exactly where they are. And it's a very straightforward, simple to understand advice. Um, I think the other thing that we'll find later is that a lot of people will probably change their accountants because oh, yes. if you're in the business, if you're in the business uh, hospitality industry and you've got an accountant really they should be telling us um, what we are entitled to, what we could do and where we could be going. Um, and if they're not doing that, then, you know, that's, that's something that they'll probably realise after when they speak to other people and say, well, actually, my, my accountant came and said, this is what I could do, this is what, you know, to sort of cover um, us during this period. Um, and if your um, accountant... And, and your solicitor uh, and those people are not sort of stepping up during this time, which is, you know, really the time that you need them uh, because that's not our expertise. We didn't know this was happening. The expertise for the hospitality industry is, you know, looking after your customer, making sure your customer's happy, ha happy promoting the business um, and sales, um, uh, you know, and, and the food side of it. Whereas, those are the people that we have engaged with and that we're we're paying to tell us when we come into a situation like this like where does that leave us and that's what they're paying for so i think we'll find a lot of uh, people changing uh, accountants and solicitors uh, upcoming i think the two points of contact um is first your point of contact is your accountant your second point of contact, depending on uh, how you set up, is your HR provider. If you have a HR provider, we have one for ourselves. So daily or whenever there's a change, we get a newsletter. And the HR, our own HR company, um, they do a Zoom call every week or a pre-record and tell you because things are changing on the hour. So there may be two points of contact. I would also look at the Chamber of Commerce, if you're a member in the Chamber of Commerce. And if not, look online. There's business, uh, the UK Business Support website. But really, your accountant is your first point of contact. But we're very yeah. lucky in England where the government website is also very good. But sometimes the jargon is what scares people because some people don't understand furlough at the moment. There's a lot of um, hearsay. There's a lot of Chinese whispers. So accountant, if you've got HR support, speak to them because they also know. And Chamber of Commerce can guide you into the right direction. Now, what do you think... Uh, let's, let's, look, let's focus on restaurants for a second. Do you think restaurants can do more to help the current like uh, climate? For example, uh, the NHS, public services. Do you think they could be doing more whilst they are not? Whilst maybe some are closed. I think there are loads of um, restaurants uh, and who are doing lots for you know the the NHS at the moment. <clears throat> I'm seeing things every day where people are taking in food 
or you know delivering takeaways and to homeless people or to you know the, they I, I feel that they're doing more now than ever and they're definitely talking about it too because we're seeing it everywhere we're seeing it in the news we're seeing it on on social media about people who are saying well you know I'm doing this and it's great because um the food that they have there they have you know they, they have sell-by days they they're limited on how much time they have there so if they're not going to be using it or if they're not going to be open it's the the best way that you could use this and distribute the food is by giving it to those people who need it most people who are even doing things like making cakes they're they're making cakes and delivering it to the staff room in in the hospital um I know that, you know, my mom, I know that she cooked some food the other day and she gave it to somebody who was giving food to, to someone else. Um, there's loads of people in, in restaurants and in, in the takeaway um, food industry who are supporting, uh, you know, the fire, the, the police, the NHS as much as they can. And I think we, we can't ask for more. People are doing as much as they can. Um, while they're also trying to follow the guidelines of being safe and 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 keeping them themselves sort of you know to not put themselves at risk or to create more problems um in in those sectors so i think we can't ask for more than that um and also we all appreciate as as a whole to anybody who's listening and who's doing those things we really appreciate that because you know that's keeping those people going being able to continue with their jobs and and still being able to eat because you know what it's like if you can't eat you can't function we all know that um so we're very grateful to those people who are doing that and um, who are putting themselves out there yeah some of our clients are like um free hot drinks for public services um, and they are if you're over 60 and you can't, um, if you haven't got access to food, they'll deliver hot, cold, prepared food to you, contactless. Um, one of our other clients, which is a really big uh, restaurant chain, have offered all their premises to the NHS, however they want to use them. I think um, people, my point of my question was, I think if, if it's not crossed somebody's mind, you might think you're too small or you might think really I can't do anything. Support them in however you can. It might be you you know, once a week sending cups of tea or however you can support the public services because they were stretched prior to this. They are totally stretched now. I think, I think that is what will change later um, when it comes to government and what they're doing. I'm not so sure they're going to provide anything extra for hospitality industry, but I really do hope that they understand the importance of NHS staff and I hope that they change things for them because I think they've had a struggle for a really good few years now with um with, you know with their with their sort of I uh, remember and sorry to cut you off but I remember in 2017 or 18 when I think the NHS staff asked for a pay rise and the House of Commons voted it down and they cheered for it the MPs and now look at them now and now them that NHS saving these people and I touch upon um, I've slightly we're going a bit political now immigrants how many foreigners are saving lives and have lost lives you know and we should never ever look at it as somebody's an immigrant, somebody's coloured, somebody's you black see, when, when we're being told to go out and clap, um, I'm not, I know I'm not, I'm not, I'm, 
I know why we're being asked to clap because they're doing it. Are you going to clap job. for Boris or clap for the NHS? No, clap for NHS. Um, because, um, well, with all due respect, uh, Boris is, is in hospital. He's mm. not the one who's saving lives at the moment. Um, but when we are asked to go out and clap, it's like, yeah, but that's not going to help them. What they really need is to have their situation looked at, the pay and what they're doing. So, I mean, that could be a whole different discussion on in itself. I mean, I'm not even in that field to, to know or understand how much they're putting in. But, I mean, when they put, um, when they said they needed uh, some help, 450, well, how much did they need it they were looking for yeah, was... um, some staff, uh, for extra staff to sort of come forward. And I said uh, to my husband at the time, I said, um, I said to him when I heard it that they're going to, they're going to get that help overnight. And you know, and and they they doubled it, didn't they? It yeah, was more it than was ridiculous. It was, yeah, yeah, it was it was huge. And I think it's great to see that the community pulling together and everybody supporting on the sad side ish it just shows how underfunded they were for the past 10 years. So the Tories yeah. cannot even say it was Labour. You've been in for 10 years. Secondly, it shouldn't have got to this state where we're asking for volunteers of that skill. We should yeah. not have had to bring in retired elder doctors and nurses to help. We shouldn't have to be bringing in people in the final years of medical school or whatever to kind of help it's quite, it's quite insulting to those those people because i you know some people have probably tried to get in for years in, in the nhs being refused jobs and all that kind of thing and suddenly it's like oh yeah can you come and help us now um and i mean it's it they're just really commendable the people who are involved in nhs and you know i've got my one of my cousins is um she's with nhs and she works in the baby unit and and stuff and you know she was telling me about the situation what's going on over there and it's you know in in every area and in every capacity it's being completely fulfilled by those people so they are hands down just amazing so i do hope that we can ask for as much help as we want in the hospitality industry but really um we have to be honest about this situation if it wasn't for the nhs right now we would be in absolute dire straits so you they need to be looked at before anything else. Of course, of course. Do you, do you see there being a staffing crisis in hospitality? So let's say um, this goes already, There already, there already was a hospitality, um, you know, staff crisis before, before all of this. And, um, and this is why I say I think the situation will change with, with staffing. Uh, because I, I, think, I think hours before anything else will probably change. Um, and where it comes to staff, I think staff would probably, uh, I think, it, like I said, initially, uh, things will change because of the situation we're in where everyone will suddenly be really busy. But then I think it, will, it might calm down um, and then people will be able to fully understand how they can work together within the hospitality industry to understand what they need and staff needs to to get a proper work-life balance yeah i see a lot if this goes on further and um, because some a lot in the hospitality sector are paid cash in hand which is that's how it is now i see a lot of staff depending on how long it goes on for starting looking for other jobs you know you see a huge recruit drive within the supermarkets online deliveries 
um, people at Amazon. And what I'm thinking is if somebody's invested a lot of time in um, floor managers or waiters and then they've gone and now they're reopening, I see a bit of a, a gap there and I don't see how some are going to get around that. Well, we've had within the Indian industry, we've had staff crisis for quite some time now. Um, and so I would say that um, at the moment, considering the situation that we're in, people are not really having as much of an issue as uh, because everybody's closed. Once it gets back to normal, what we'll find is that the um, where I mean, Indian restaurants, for example, they couldn't we would struggle to find a tandoori chef or to find a, a second chef or, you know, um, and that's been something that's been, that's just talking about the Indian food industry at the moment. Um, and that's been a crisis for a really good few years now. Yes, that so is, I think that's right. This situation, um, what it will do is, 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 is maybe give people an opportunity to see how they can and work that slightly differently so that maybe, um, you know menus could change a lot of the indian restaurant menus are like pages and pages long um and so if you if you go in a restaurant and you've got pages and pages and you need lots of people to be cooking that much food you know whereas when you sort of decrease the amount of dishes you have and do it so that you could have um you know one or two staff rather than four or five staff because the bigger the menu the bigger staff proportion you'll need so it, I think, you know, it, it, it depends solely on how individuals feel. And this is a very traditional thing to have a big restaurant um, menu. Um, but I think it makes sense to, to really look at this carefully. And people have got this time now to sit down and go, do I need that many things on my menu? Is this selling? Is that selling? You know, do I need this many people? What are my actual main things? They could f focus on what they really, really need. And, and this, might, this might be a way to help them to, to fill the gap uh, that they're trying to fill. Yeah, you know, the, you're right, there was a sh skill shortage as it is because of this, trying to get people in from abroad or wherever. If and the immigration, you know, that's, the immigration, that's hopefully something that can be looked at after this situation. Because um, as you say, with the NHS, for example, look how many, um, you know, um, people who are immigrants who are who are helping um people in the nhs and it's the same with the restaurant industry there are so many people because of the um immigration rules um it, i think you know that that should be looked at now what what about from a marketing point of view what can restaurants do do you think just from your point of view going forward well, uh, there's a few things that are you know that i would say the restaurants can do um there's a few sites that people can go on so if they're not really good at um at doing marketing themselves or, or or being on um, a computer for example they can first of all be looking at um digital skills uh, bt do one called bt digital skills um, I think what I'll do, uh, Bilal, is I'll, I'll send you over the links and then you can maybe put it in somewhere so people can, can have a yeah. look um, at digital skills if they want to enhance them or get better. Um, people like yourself and what you're doing with uh, marketing brands and things like that, I mean, you're offering people the opportunity to, to look at what you're doing and how that could help their business. So I always think to myself, it's always good to know what I'm doing on a computer, but I always need a specialist to deal with their speciality. 
Yeah. And so, I yeah, think so. for any brand right now, especially in food and hospitality or any sector, the best thing to do right now is have a fine line between pushing offers and building brand. They're two different things. I would spend a bit of time on building your brand, putting community messages out there, making sure if people are well, uh, whatever the government is saying, put that across into your marketing, stay home, order food online, keep safe. Um, when it comes to actual marketing tactics, one of the best things at the moment are Instagram stories, which are really underpriced. So if you're running ads, try to run them on Instagram stories. You can, you can put your ad in front of a thousand people right now for less than a pound. And it's so underpriced. Yeah, but you see, the thing is that people don't understand that. Like, people don't understand when you say, like, the ads, like, say, for example, the Instagram ads or the Facebook ads, a lot of people that you'll be talking to who are in the restaurant um, trade, um, I would say that a lot of them don't know what that really means. Like, if they say, oh, yeah, I do Facebook, the savvy guys and the younger ones, what they're doing, because they're playing on Facebook all the time. how that works but a lot of people don't which is why they come to you because that's what you do i mean i fully so if if, for example i said to you well actually you know uh bilal i'm doing these online cooking videos and i want people to really tune in and if i came to you what could you do for me yeah and i think it's a valid point i think it's a great time for somebody to sit there now and understand their customer number one what am i who is who who is my customer what is my customer's habits? Where are they spending time online? What are they doing? Then looking at, let's just take, and if, if your customer is somebody who's 25 to 35, they're most likely spending a lot of time on their phone. And if they're on their phone, they're on Instagram, Snapchat. And if they're on their platforms, they are consuming a lot of information through stories. So they're swiping across and swiping up to find out offers and what's going on. So you, that, you, you always have to, from, a, from your own point of view, understand who my customer is and where, and where do they spend time. Then it's about how do I get in front of them, in what way and in the most cheapest possible way, and how do I convert them into a customer. And that's what people have got to spend time learning. But my honest advice is to anyone out there is look at Instagram ads. They are so underpriced, it's unbelievable. They're more underpriced than the leaflets people post through the door. But then at the same time, Bilal, even though you're saying like, have a look at them and see they're really, really underpriced, be really good if you did something where you did like a tutorial and you said, look guys, if you're using me, that's great. This is what I plan to do. And if you're not using me, then, you know, um, here's how I can help you. And, you know, get in. But this is how, this is how we, all, we all have to do what we do in our our market industries to to help people so for me it's like well my thing is food so i'll tell people how to cook and for you it's marketing so i would say yeah. you have to tell us you have to tell us how to market ourselves you know of course you know we, we i'm i we're looking at doing a master class as well um but for me it's always about rather than using buzzwords is looking about who you were speaking to and how do we get in front of them what's yeah. the, sometimes i've worked with brands and they've come to me and said we want to be on Instagram. We want to be huge on Snapchat. And when we've looked at their marketing plan and what they've done in the past, the best return and the most engagement they've had on Facebook. So yeah. it's about stripping things back and looking at where's the most value. But I think at the moment, brands should look at 
putting a lot of branded content out there, which isn't really sales focused, talking about their own backstories. Most people do have a backstory. Learning or getting a bit of an understanding on different marketing techniques and ways. Planning forward on the next six months on how they're going to, what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. And really just keep your ears on the ground. That's very important. And I would say some of the, sorry, go on. No, no, I'll let you finish. I was just going to say with the other things that you're saying about uh, people and, um, you know, looking at the Instagram ads and that kind of thing and branding themselves. I would say um, also find out about once all of this is over, everything eventually return back to normal and things they should be considering are putting themselves up for an awards that's like the book that i've just done for example and that really highlights how that helps people to get recognized as a brand um so if if you're at home at this time then what they could be doing is finding out things like well once everything gets back together what are the awards that are going to be available what can i put myself in for what can i um what what category does my business sit in and what category do I sit in as a person? Because like we said, Bill, like people need to be branding themselves, not just their business. Um, and, um, you know, finding opportunities, things like uh, press releases, learning about them and how they could fit in with your business. There's so many things digitally that we can do. I mean, I'm, I, I was already working from home and when I say working from home I mean I like traveling around I review restaurants I'm um, doing quite a few things where people are you know I have sponsors or um, ambassador for certain things and then what we found now and especially since this changeover and in the last few weeks uh, it's more as a I would say a micro influencer or an influencer to talk about people's food products during this time and um, for me it's like I, who would have thought that I would make more money during this time when we're in lockdown than when I'm not in lockdown? I mean, I would never have thought, if someone said that to me, I would have stopped working, going out a long time ago and just sat at home. But in actual fact, this is a time for to build um, on those opportunities that are there. You just need to have time to invest in yourself, have a look at what you're doing and see where you fit in. People like yourself, Bill, are, these are creating opportunities for other people as well, like doing the podcast and things like that, because it's all getting ourselves out there, getting our message out there and talking to people. It's all part of building the brand. So this is a great platform and, and doing these kind of things are, are, are great for people. So, you know, this is, this is just opportunity for us to, to, to grow bigger. Absolutely. And where can people find out more about you if they want to get in touch with you? Um, on Instagram, uh, InstaCurryQueen. Um, there's also my website, which is my name.com, uh, And there's also another website that I've just recently set up and I did that myself. So I'm kind of proud cool. because I did a lot of, uh, uh, WordPress, um, playing around on the computer. So that's how to win awards.co.uk. And then there's Twitter, there's, um, Sarah Curry Queen, uh, LinkedIn is just my name and Facebook is just my name. So, yeah, if anybody wants to connect, then please do. Um, and Bilal, you're going to have to share some information on how I can, um, you know, market my, my book a bit more because that's very new and something I want to take. We will make your book the number one seller on Amazon worldwide. Oh, fab. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank keep you. well and keep safe.
Thank you, Bilal, and you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone else, for listening. And everyone stay safe, eat well, and, and be safe. Thank you.